You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. We're here with, of course, uh, the fantastic Mr. Dan Natterman, just uh, fresh off his triumphant uh, off-Broadway performance as Ebenezer Scrooge, um, <laughs> the beautiful Miss Kristen Gonzalez. <laughs> And uh, we have uh, a couple guests today. We have Mr. Jim David is going to be here, as well as an author from Rolling Stone magazine. But usually we start the show, um, we just check in on Dan and his week. He usually has something he wants to well, say. Before, well, you mentioned it. I just want to clarify uh, what you meant by off-Broadway production of uh, Scrooge. We did a reading of uh, Christmas Carol around the corner at the Village Underground, and I played Ebenezer Scrooge. Some might say that's perfect casting, as I've been known <laughs> to be somewhat grouchy, but not just at Christmas time. By the way, no. I'm speaking of uh, Christmas time. Yes, I, I assume we're not having. I'm assuming we're not having a holiday party this year here at the Comedy Cellar. No, we're going to have a holiday party. Uh, but we, we don't have much time. We better act fast. Well, we're, we usually have it the week of New Year's Eve. And you know how I feel about that. Yeah, you're, and you're right. We actually, we're supposed Wait, to be. The we holiday- usually have it after so that it doesn't conflict. Yes, we, we were supposed to have it last night, actually, but we just oh. didn't get our shit together and we didn't have the holiday party. So uh, uh, it would have been a would have been a nice. <laughs> Except party. nobody would have known about it. The truth is, we're so busy now, Dan. Business is just so, we don't have time. Well, you have time. It's a question of whether you want a holiday party or another show, another revenue generating show. And you've made <laughs> what your do you and think? You've made what do you think? <laughs> that, that's a no brainer. Well, that's certainly your choice to make. <laughs> Although I think your employees and comedians would certainly appreciate a holiday party, but. What the hell is that? You know what? You know what I've learned—an un, an unfortunate lesson. What, what on earth I, is that? I, I, it's I, the I, blender. I bought that for my wife for Christmas. I've learned, uh, and it's—it's it's a sad fact of life that people don't appreciate. Like, like, people don't appreciate you. No matter what you do, like they'll appreciate it for a few days, but the second something. Uh, You're it, saying people wouldn't appreciate a holiday party? They appreciate the holiday party during the party, but like two weeks later. If uh, if I if I do something that annoys somebody the slightest, they won't be like, let me give him a break. He did throw us a holiday party. <laughs> they don't, they no, don't care. That's not the way it works. It no. doesn't yeah. work that way. So you'd be doesn't, like, what, what I do? Doesn't, I, does not work that I've way. Had, I've had musicians, like people that I've laid out thousands of dollars, carried them financially through tragedies, whatever. Two weeks later, we just not jumped to work. You know, like I got a gig for extra hundred bucks. May like, I say that yeah. I greatly appreciate the cauliflower currently on your menu. Uh, that, that accompanies these chicken skewers. It's delicious. It's the, that's you're upsetting me, but yes, well, the cauliflower is. Why delicious. am I upsetting you? Because the menu, the, the new menu, we're having a lot of trouble getting this new menu off the ground properly. Uh, but, well, I'm giving you a compliment on it. Right, but the thing that is always good is the cauliflower. Oh, it's great. <laughs> well, I don't like cauliflower. So by saying you like the cauliflower, you're just reminding me that everything else is not what I, where I want. <laughs> everything else everything is fine. Good. The couscous could use a little well, little seasoning. You know, I was the other day dining in a fabulous restaurant. You're in not East. the first person to say that, Jim. What is the what, what? Why are some restaurants so good and some restaurants just don't cut it? Is it the, is it the quality of the food or the quality of the chef or a the combination? Quality of the chef. Well, the who chef is, what is the most important it, factor? Wrong, wrong, wrong. It is the quality of the owner. Oh God! <laughs> it is. It, it absolutely is. Like, why do some places have good service and some places have bad service? Everybody hires from the same dumb pool of people who want to wait tables. The good manager, the good management creates, has good service. Some places always have bad service. No, Doesn't but she's talking about the food. Whether the food are good, is it's, good or not hasn't anything to do with the owner. That's also the owner. The owner's got to get a good chef, and he's got to buy good quality food. I mean, you can you can and buy shitty he's food. Got and, yeah. to keep the chef's uh, nose to the grindstone or foot to the fire, or whatever, whatever the metaphor is, because. 
That's why you got to go to chef-owned restaurants. <laughs> well, that, that's I worked at a chef. Man. I worked. I back when I was a waiter, I worked at a chef-owned restaurant on the Upper East Side, yeah. and it was one of those places where Barbara Walters and Woody Allen would go for lunch. Yeah, like Elaine's. Uh, no, it was called Arcadia. Uh huh. And it was run by this genius chef. Um, who was the most hideous human being on the face of the planet. Takes a she tough was, man to make she, a tender chicken. She Jim. was a horrible human being. Well, and I hope that she has met woman. great physical harm over the uh, years. Chefs have, a repu- <laughs> chefs have a reputation for uh, for being a little bit out there mentally. She was the worst. She Listen, was horrible. But in the kitchen, she was a genius. She would have rest- She would have dishes on the menu like corn cakes with crin fresh and caviar. I mean, it was incredible. Well, I don't like that kind of stuff. I want I want simple, straightforward food that I can eat like every week. Bring back the Mideast combo platter, yeah, please. Yeah, we're bringing it back. Good. But here's the thing. So, like, we have a hummus plate. So hummus, you know, has been served for probably a 1,000 years in the same way. A round plate. All of a sudden, I come in, a hummus plate is served in a bowl with a little garnish. I'm like, what? Nobody wants hummus this way. But to a chef, and, and there's practical reasons why it's not good also, because you put oil and stuff on top of the hummus. So if it's a deep thing, the first few bites have the oil, and then you have it. Right. But in, right. in any event, this is the problem with chefs, is that to just serve hummus the way it's been served for a thousand years. Like, what do you need me for? I'm a chef. I'm an right. artiste. I have to do a new take on hummus. And and from time to time, like as you use the word genius, from time to time, just like with genres of music, somebody will come up with something which is amazing. And, and But most of the time, it's like, you know, this is this is horrible. All right. But but I'm not saying that about our show. Our food is, is really coming good. We're just having trouble having everybody in the kitchen learn it, having it make it consistent. Having them all used to the fact that that if uh, we're, we're really on top of the customers to make sure that they like it. If they don't like it, we're taking it back and that kind of thing. Anyway, so there's an article in Rolling Stone magazine this week. Uh, How Trump's win is changing stand-up comedy. It was written by Michael Stahl, who was a freelance writer, editor, and journalist based in Queens, New York. Uh, that's where Donald Trump comes from. Uh, who has been published in several print and digital publications. He is a features editor at Narratively. Hello, yep. Mr. Stahl. Greg, come sit down. You wrote this um, article in Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and um, the first question we have for you, and we, I, yeah. have, I have a lot to say about this article, <laughs> but I want to I um, let you get it out first. Sure. What, where did the thought come into your head that Trump's win had somehow changed stand-up comedy? I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and he had uh, mentioned something about the Wanda Sykes incident up in Boston. Uh, well, tell, tell the people what that was. That was the uh, Dennis Leary uh, fundraiser. What is it, like Heroes Come Home or something like that? Com- comics Come Home. Comics Come Home, yeah. And uh, she had co- gone on stage, and if, if I got the story straight, she had gone on stage, and like I think the first thing she said was, well, they put an orangutan in the, in the White House. And immediately just like, Everyone just kind of started booing her, and essentially she like walked off stage, and you know, it's just got some coverage. You know, I just kind of started doing some research, and I found out about uh, the Amy Schumer incident a few months ago, and I just thought That's to myself, where, where Amy had also yeah. lambasted Trump, and, and people walked out of her show. Yeah, and if you look at the video, she she asked a Trump supporter onto the stage, and just kind of asked him like, "What? Why are you voting for Trump?" And he kind of started giving him his reasons, and and she started sort of grilling him and questioning him like on the stage in front of everybody. And some people, I guess, were uncomfortable with that and they left. Okay, so let me just stop you there because, yeah. that, because that, this is what I find kind of uh, internally contradictory in the message of your article. Yeah. Because the subheadline, and maybe you didn't write it, 
It says, emboldened by election results, Trump supporters are starting to make working comics nervous. Right. But what you're describing is comics making Trump supporters nervous. Like, you're, you're describing comics <laughs> lashing right. out at Trump supporters who are buying their own business, as opposed to, and using that as a premise for an article was saying the Trump supporters are somehow rising up. Right. When you and, I, and I'll give it away. In my experience, the Trump supporters are like, keep keep your head down. Don't let anybody know you voted for Trump. We don't want any trouble here because. Oh we, no, they've been very vocal since the election. Yeah, very well, vocal. Not here. Yeah. Well, well we're in New York, so we're in a. a, a no, I mean in New York and elsewhere. Not at the Comedy Cellar. We do three thousand people a week or something. I haven't seen it once. But go ahead. Well, there's some examples in the in the piece about uh, Trump supporters, uh, you know, giving it to the comics as well. Uh, so it's kind of a mix, and, and no, I didn't write the, the subheading. Um, but, uh, but anyway, but, you know, I heard about those couple of incidents, and I just thought, you know, these are people that paid to see Awanda Sykes and Amy Schumer. These are big-name people, and, and I'm friendly with comics in the scene, club comics. And I just thought, you know, what, what's going on in the clubs with, with these comedians that nobody knows, that, that you just kind of show up to a club, you're there for a dinner and a show, and, uh, you know, and... And these gentlemen come out, uh, well, and ladies, of course, that, that aren't known. Uh, so what, what challenges are they facing? Well, listen, I'm gonna, I know Jim wants to say what happened to him, and I, and I, yep. want, I want him to be able to say something. But this is my perception of it. For eight years, when Barack Obama was president, you could not go up there as, as a comedian and say anything negative about Wrong, my, wrong, it, I did. Well, <laughs> wrong. You, if you... If you went up and called, well, obviously you couldn't call him an orangutan, but if you called him, uh, uh, hey, how do you like all those babies dying in Syria? How's that, how's that your Obama? Or, or, or any, or I, any, did, I did a joke about that. What was your joke? I said Barack Obama just outlined his plan for Syria, then he colored it. And it's, <laughs> which and, was, a, that's what, that, and that got a big laugh. Mm -hmm. When did you do that? Oh, God, two years ago, two years ago, three years ago. And, and did it until, and, I've, and I have still been doing it, when, when it comes on to me. Sure, I did that. Well, I don't want to contradict you because... Uh, I did a joke about Obama takes so long to do things that when he pardoned the Thanksgiving turkey, by the time he finished, it was a sandwich. No, that's... <laughs> by the way, that's okay. That's a little different. Listen, this is, this is what I think. Dan makes jokes about Trump. Everybody, everybody makes jokes about politics. And, I, and, I'm a, and I'm an audience member. And I can laugh at a joke about any, even a politician that, uh, that I agree with, you know. From time to time, I hear a joke, more now than ever where the first instinct is, I need to defend myself. Like, because you're, you're not talking about Trump. You're talking about me. Like, you, should, you should have to defend yourself. And at that point, I'm like, this is not entertaining anymore. When, when right. you, when the, when the, when the, let's say I'm an Obama supporter. When you're the butt of the joke. And when the point of the joke is, yeah. aren't Obama supporters idiots? Or how could anybody support this guy? Right. Then, then I feel like I'm watching Bill Maher. Oh, Bush is an asshole. Yeah, well, when I, you know, like this is not. And, and the people who don't feel that way, like fuck this guy, you know. Well, when I was conceiving the story, uh, like I, I'm friendly with Ted Alexandro, and uh, you know, I remember a while ago, I was speaking to him during the time of Occupy when that was kind of hot and Occupy Wall Street. And yeah. um, Ted was doing, you know, some material on it, and he was very vocal about his support uh, for Occupy. And I asked him, I was like, you know, how is this affecting your, your material? You know, and, and he told me, this was, again, it was years ago, he, he told me, you know, I always try and base my jokes in, in some kind of truth. And I wanted to kind of touch base with him on that and see if he was still, you know, bringing that to the table today with, with Trump. And, uh, you know, that was the thing. I, I feel like when you look at the Amy Schumer video, when you look at Wanda Sykes and 
even uh, Dana Carvey's uh, new special, uh, he comes out and goes, I want to talk about Donald Trump, and people just start voting. In all those instances, they didn't quite, you know, use that strategy. You know, not to say that everyone needs to adhere to what Ted Alexandro says, but, but, you know, a lot of it was people just coming out on stage and, and just giving their opinion as opposed to really crafting uh, a joke that, you know, had some thought behind it. The audience yeah. doesn't want to hear your opinion unless it's a good joke. Right. Exactly. Well, they do, they they, do not. They, right. they, they, well, they may want to hear Amy's opinion because Amy has kind of uh, become also like a, a, a spokeswoman for modern feminism. No, stuff. but I, mean, I don't think I don't, they want to hear her opinion unless it's a good joke. I don't want to bash Amy Schumer because I actually I really like her. But if, if you watch the video, she's actually kind of condescending. To the to the uh, gentleman. Okay, but you're, on, you're on the stage. premise of the article yeah. was that the audience is that comedy is changing. That was before the election. Okay, now I think we can all agree that whatever era we're in, there are certain topics on stage that you just don't want to touch if you don't want to piss people off. And and uh, for example, when right. uh, you know when Christopher Reeve got into his accident, you you couldn't touch it. You couldn't touch Christopher. This is non-political, but you couldn't touch. I bet you Jim had a joke about it. I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe Gilbert. Maybe Gilbert. You know, when, I did not have a joke when, about Christopher Reeve. When, when the war in Iraq, if you had gone up and said, you know, this is a bullshit war, and I did. That's where I got in trouble. Okay. I had military guys wait for me after the show well, in that, Vegas. That, so the point. That, is, sounds, that sounds like your dream come true, Jim. They said. <laughs> no, they were hostile. They said this one guy said, "See, because I did a joke right before we went into Iraq, and I said." You know, George Bush wants a war so bad. He said, Daddy had a war. I want a war. <laughs> and it was something along those lines. Yeah, that and some guy waited for me after the show and said, are you saying that I'm going into Iraq to, for, for no reason? And I was like, I'm just making a joke, dude. You know what I mean? And there you go. So, you know, like so in let, that wait, joke. Let finish his point. But the point Sorry. is, is so okay. as, as we see, there's always been certain areas, if you're a comic, unless you are so famous that everybody in the audience is there to see you and knows your point of view already, um, that, like that Bill Maher or well, like Louis Black, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if you're a, a guy like me and you take the audience as you find them, you have to be very careful if you want to have a good show where everybody has fun. And but, and that's always been the case before Trump, during Trump. So, I mean, your article seemed to imply that things were fundamentally different now uh, that Trump has been elected. And 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 you know, I, I see it as more as well. There's always been certain topics that you better not touch right. if you don't want to piss off half the audience. But this is, uh, to me, I'm sorry, but no, this isn't, uh, to me, something that's a, um, a topic This is Kristen Gonzalez, but by the way, her husband is Hispanic. She's not actually Hispanic, <laughs> so she might actually have voted for Trump. Go ahead, go ahead. I did not vote for um, Trump. He's but a white Hispanic, I think. He's a white Hispanic. But um, now you made me lose my point. Oh, I don't think that Trump is something that you can touch. I actually think people are, like, enough already. I mean, we've all spoken about how it's been the biggest media coverage and how, you know, jokes are made about him constantly. So it's you do go to a show and not maybe want to hear that again and again. It, you're inundated with it. We have let been him, inundated let him, with let, it. Let him answer first, then I want to say Yeah, two, two things to that. One is that I made the point in the piece that uh, people, are, people did make the observation that maybe for 18 months... You know, they were the butt ends of jokes while yeah. Trump is running the campaign, and now they're just right. kind of like, well, we won, so, you know. It's almost here, like hack at yeah. this point, you know. Right, so now it's just kind of like, we, we won, so here's here's the middle finger for you in the form of heckling. But the other thing, too, is I have to but say that. But I'm not that, getting yeah. the heckling. I'm getting that if you bring it up, you might piss off some Trump supporters. Right. Um, but that's, again, that would have been the case for many, many different topics. It was, the, it was the case with me with Bush, definitely. Yeah, you know that that joke that, that that joke that you told 
at the time that you told it would have annoyed me. I mean, I which I, one? The, the daddy got daddy wants a war, so I got a war. And I, my my first thought would be, you know, what a shallow like that's the, you know I, I get it. That's you're, because you're, you get mad at everything. No, no, because because the thing is like <laughs> yes, it, you do. No, I'm gonna tell you why. Because the thing is, what we're just saying is like if if I support the war mm -hmm. because of the UN. Uh, weapons inspection uh, problems and because of the, the, the human rights abuses of Saddam Hussein and because of the uh, wanting to democratize the Middle East to avoid 9-11, all whatever the reason, and and the belief that there were WMDs, which turned out to be putting myself in the head of a guy at that time. If I support the war for those reasons, this jackass is telling me, no, uh, you're, you're, you're a jackass for supporting the war because this is just because it's a spoiled that's, brat wants the war. That is absolutely nonsense. That is your own, but, that is your own mental but, meltdown but, talking. But, but no, that, that's right. But that's, but that's you know, the, and the, all I was doing was making a joke about Bush Jim, and his I, intentions. Jim, I understand, but, but that, that's what I'm saying. Certain jokes to a thinking person, mm -hmm. they, they, they take it a step further and they realize, like, if I were to speak to Jim about the war, he would think I'm a jackass for supporting the war. And therefore, I'm like, that's not this is this guy probably. is right. So <laughs> I probably now, would. now, if you're Lewis Black or Bill Maher, and that and people know that going into it, like, well, you know, that you, you paid your money, you knew what you were getting. But when you're paying twenty dollars at the comedy club, listen, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. I'm saying understand that when you tell a joke like that, don't expect people to just ha roll right, you know, right, yeah. right down their throats easily because you are criticizing them. You're telling them that what they believe is is to be belittled, and they may not laugh Look, along just, at that. Me, now you may you may say I'm an artiste, and I, say, and I, I don't want to serve the homeless the way it's normally served, and this is the way I want to tell my jokes. And, and well, yeah, and, there, there's like a competing vision of what comedy is. Some people think comedy is supposed to be challenging people, <clears throat> pushing boundaries, pushing buttons. Some people think it's well, we're just to, there to entertain the public that we as we find them. Um, and that's how about, just how about kind of, both. Can it be both? Um, well, I hope it's both. That's the way I try to write. I hope it's both. Well, that, you know? that, that's it. That's the way. You I mean, see I don't want to. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of dick jokes, and I'm a fan of my wife. What a cook! I didn't know toast had bones, and I'm a fan of socially, <laughs> socially. That's, uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> who, who's, whose joke is that? I, I, I know Rodney. I don't yes, know Rodney. yes. But, but uh, well, that's fine. I'm just Our saying. Phyllis Diller said, "My my mother-in-law is so fat, she can only play seek." But, you know, <laughs> very few... Um, Golden age. You know, most comics here don't really get too, too... Uh, that I've noticed, anyway, the comedy seller. Too, too political. Even Ted Alexandro, whose views are extreme in real life, on stage doesn't really go there. Well, let me, let me tell you... Can uh, I, wait, 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 hold that thought. First of all, Ted is a master. Because Ted, whose views are extreme, never makes me feel... What I'm describing, yeah, he because because and he doesn't go there. He and there's no. Well, I think maybe maybe he does, but he just because of his approach, there's it no, doesn't come off as kind of uh, like so far left, so no, far. There's no, no there's no smugness to him, right? And there's and there's. But how, what jokes he, does he have that really gets into I, his political beliefs? I don't remember. He himself said on this well, very I, show. I cited one in the story. He he himself said on this very show that he really doesn't get too into it on stage. But a comic said to me recently. If I make a Trump voter or extreme right winger in the audience feel defensive, good. That's part of the goal. Well, I spoke to William Stevenson. Oh, is that me? Yes, that was no. you. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to... Well, again, that's how that's how <laughs> and, Jim and sees it, comedy. Right, and... but, I, but but you understand. Now, I'm a club owner. Yeah. 
and and I'm and I'm extremely I'm extremely opinionated I'm about not politics. Going, I'm not going to make them feel that comfortable for that long. Just maybe yeah. a, after one or two jokes, I don't go on tirade. Right, but you say that's part. I just want I just want to make clear that, we, that may be part of your goal, but that's that's the point where your goal diverges with the goal of the person who owns the club. Yeah. Because I'm not interested in any in anybody feeling defensive. I'm interested in people having a good time. Well, and, period. And I think that you know it starts at the top. And you know, I spoke to William Stevenson, who's one of your prime uh, hosts. Is that what he told? No, I'm kidding. And, well, no, <laughs> no. But he's you know he said that uh, you know at some point he he you know called out you know where are you from and and just just by asking that question where are you from the person got tense and. He felt bad, you yeah. know. He 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 said that, you know, that now what he does is he kind of turns that into a joke where he says, uh, you know, now's the part of the show where I ask, "Where are you from?" But I don't want to know. You could be from the wrong state. Well, you know? but, but, just, but again, again, that's no different than after uh, Zimmerman. There was a couple of incidents in Florida. It was Zimmerman and a couple of other crazy things happened in Florida at the, around that same time. And if somebody said they were from Florida, you would right. all you would feel weird. It would, there would be tension. So I I, I think that. Again, I don't think it's anything fundamentally different. I don't think we're in uncharted territory here. I think for right now, there's some, you know, there's a lot of sensitivity with regard yeah. to the division in America and, and Trump uh, versus, uh, you know, Hillary. But I don't think fundamentally we're in different territory. I don't think the nature of comedy has changed. I think there's now another subject that we have to tread uh, with care. Well, it's different for me because I've never been nobody I mean I've had problems with audiences for 20 years if they don't <laughs> like a joke that I do, but I've never nobody's ever threatened to fire me and nobody's ever tried to get me fired and nobody's ever stormed the stage before trying to hurt me. And that both of those things happened within the last 2 months. Tell, tell the story what happened. But but those uh, things well, have happened to other comics over well, the well, years. Let's hear, let's hear what happened to Jim. Well, I mean I made the most I made I was on a ship and I made the most lame Trump joke, and I because I was asking where people were from, and a lot of people were from South America and Puerto Rico. And then I said, Wow, there's so many Latinos on this ship, Donald Trump is trying to deport it. That's <laughs> a, that level that joke is the level of the of a tonight show joke. Yes, some woman went up and tried to get me fired, and uh, really tried, tried to get me fired, you know, from uh. From like wanted me was it, was this on a ship that week yeah uh -huh. because on the ships they're notorious yeah. for trying to get people fired for any little for anything thing. yeah uh, but homo. also but then in a club somebody this was in um, in Vegas uh, a, you know somebody I I was making a joke about how when Donald Trump talks he looks like a, a talking rectum. Like if an if an asshole could actually speak, that's what you know. Like we're going to build a wall. It looks like a talking rectum. And then there's I'll a bunch of stuff about that. I'll defer to you on that, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That. Thank you. I know what I'm talking about. Defer your expertise. On exactly. That. But somebody, these this this young guy and his girlfriend, they were in they were like in their twenties, and they they uh, you know they ran to the stage and. These two guys got up out of the audience and pulled them away from me. Right, let me ask you that. First of all, that, that, I, I don't. The first joke I think is funny. The second joke, I don't, but they both work. Try going and they've on worked for years. Try going on stage and saying Obama looks like a talking rectum and see if you don't get exactly. He the doesn't same. look like a talking I, rectum. I'm just saying, or the equivalent, whatever. You, you don't find he does. I believe some people I might. I could do. I could. I could make up something about Obama. I'm just saying sure. that if you were to if you were to speak with that kind of disrespect. I mean, it's the, the 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 most disrespect, right? Say somebody looks like a talking rectum. If you tell my wife looks like a talking rectum, I'm like, you know, uh, <laughs> I have to get the security guy to fight you. Um, I'm saying this is you have the to, disrespect you is have earned to, by you the have, way. You have to, well, in your opinion, 
But you have yes, and I'm the one that's right. I'm but the I'm one saying, that is behind the fucking mic. But in order to to say that we're living in a new era, you have to imagine the counterfactual. Was what if somebody had said the same thing about Barack Obama? And I'm telling you. Greg wants to say something. Go ahead, Greg. Greg, Greg, Greg yeah, no, it's different because uh, uh, Barack Obama, whether you, whether you like him or not, um, is dignified. He's dignified. You're bringing yes. your so, opinion into no, it. No, it's this not is an opinion. It's, it's not, not an opinion. It's not an opinion. It's Trump, not an opinion. Trump has it's a fact. Shown, it's a fact. Uh, has shown yeah. that he has a real lack of dignity. Yeah. I mean, his Twitter feed reflects that. Obama is an adult, and he acts like an adult, so it wouldn't make sense if you said he's a talking but, asshole. But, that's, but if you say saying, Trump's a talking, uh, uh, talking okay, but that, sounds that, to me, No, it sounds to me like you're trying to normalize him. Uh, no, no we're, we're trying to certain, answer an insulting Trump. There's a certain accuracy. Okay, but we're to trying it. to, to answer exist. the question: no, Are we living this, in a different era? Th- th- no, this is, that, this is that's, no. I don't think we're living in a this different is, era. In this fact, is, I think this is. I think as time goes by, when, when Trump become, becomes president, um, and he's actually in office for a little while, uh, it's going to become more acceptable to make fun to shit okay, on him. But again. Listen to me. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is where you guys have, 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 have I think, uh, are are losing the argument. You, you want me to accept as a given, as a, you want, to, want me to stipulate that people who think Trump is an asshole are correct and people who think Obama is an asshole are incorrect. And, and I'm telling you, well, let's say exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm telling you that there are people out there, uh, for instance, maybe one of the 700 people who got to keep their job at Carrier, who, who might love Donald Trump. And if you were to make a joke like that, they take it very personally. And the people out there who but love, that, but that's not. Uh, yeah, and they love but you Obama. know what? They're letting a lot slide if uh, they uh, love uh, them. And if some, let's say somebody who uh, was promised that they, if they like their health care, they could keep it, and then now no, can't no, keep their health care. No, no. Again, again, it's and, different than. A, no. We're not talking about policy. We're not talking about policies here. We're talking about a character issue. No, no, that, yeah, that is no, a target I'm not for comedians. I'm not saying you're say the exact same joke. I, I'm saying this. But, but no, we're not. To, it, on a second, to level the same amount of obvious disrespect to the president or the president or any human being you, is going to upset the people who don't but dislike we're, we're that not, guy. Uh, we're, not, Clinton, we're not here to Bill argue. Bill Clinton uh, took, a lot, to took a lot of abuse from comedians. We're not here um, to argue the merits of Trump and the merits of Obama. We're here to argue whether we're in a fundamentally different era well, that's comedically. What, but, but that's what they suck. As I said, if you were to okay, say... Well, but that's yeah, a, hold great. on. Hold on. That's, I'm agreeing with you. Right. And I, but but this, just to understand how we got there, I'm like, well, if you had said the same thing, similar type things about Obama four you years ago... You would also get a hostile you, reaction. And they're so like, no, you couldn't because you would never say that about Obama because Obama doesn't... Because Obama doesn't... Anybody who told a joke like that about Obama would be wrong. No, well, so, no, 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 no. Like, so you, you but, see, but anybody tells a joke like that about Trump, he's not, justified. No, no, because Trump is an easier target. If Obama had more that you can make fun but of, that's people, not the would, argument. people would do it. It's no, it's not. Uh, there it's, are it's people. Not the argument. Not people, people aren't not making fun of Obama because they're afraid of not being politically incorrect. He's just less of a target. He, he, he does. He shows. He, he just shows a certain amount of dignity, and uh, he hasn't done anything that that's really. But that you can really again, make fun of. And if there, if there was something there, uh, people would be on top of it. Just like on, one at a time. Let Dan one, talk. Once again, this is not the argument or the discussion we're having. We're not here to argue whether Obama's dignified and Trump is deserving of criticism. We're here to argue whether we're in a fundamentally, there's a fundamental change in stand-up comedy, whether audiences are more hostile, more prone to violence. Okay? And I agree with Noam in saying that no. During every era, there's there's things that if you said them, you would be you would you might be physically assaulted. You'd definitely be verbally assaulted, and definitely people would walk out. So so the Rolling Stone article that this that the gentleman uh, Mike Stahl was it? Mike Stahl. Yeah. Mike Stahl. And, I, and I'm hardly a gentleman. 
was the premise of the article as I read it was that something fundamentally different is happening right now. And that's how I read the article. Is, is that hey, your let, let, is that, stall is that was that your intention or is that your premise in the article? <laughs> and if so, um, and if so, why? Because I, I don't I, I think that in all eras, as I said, yeah. comics have to be careful of certain topics. Yeah. I think I think that uh, first of all, you have to remember that my sort of status in this whole thing is is that of reporter, you know? So, you know, looking at... Tell him what happened to John Laster. I can get to that short, too. And But I went out there, and I just I just wrote to, you know, some people that I was friendly with and said, hey, what's going on in the clubs? Has anything changed? And every single person wrote back and said, yeah, it's a lot more tense. It's way different than anything uh, else that I've experienced before. So so I am not, you know, my, my story isn't, isn't, you know, okay. I, I'm not trying way, to bring any kind underline. of bias to it. I'm just making the point that okay. every single I want to underline, Mike, we all like you. Yeah. You're a nice guy. No, I'm just making the point we're, that... We're, okay, but I, we're I, just trying to provoke yeah. discussion. First no, of all, yeah. I myself have not no, noticed... I want to see him cry. And to answer your question, <laughs> and to answer your question then, just, just keeping that in mind, I think my personal opinion and just kind of, you know, having to talk, you know, having the opportunity to talk to these folks... I think there's just kind of like an underlying tone. It, it's it's hard to explain. Like I understand what you're saying. Like if you made a joke about Obama, if you made a joke about Bush, if, but I think that with Trump, I think with Trump, with Trump supporters, I think maybe some of these folks that I spoke to, there's just this kind of underlying real venom to their heckling, to their words, okay. to their approach. I, I, have I, not, I think that that's. More I, have not, I, I have hold not. I have not noted. Can, well, can, I just, can we ask you a question on the air? <laughs> Come on, cover this. Can I just uh, one, just really real quickly. quick, real quick? I have personally not noticed any difference. Um, people used to, you know, I once mentioned Bill Clinton years ago when somebody said, "Fuck that draft dodger," and that's pretty, pretty, pretty right. potent stuff. I've not noticed any difference in heckling or in the attitude of the audience in general. And I talk about Trump in, in not a, in a very light way, but I. I haven't noticed any difference. My biggest criticism of you is, is, your, is your research, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But Jim, Jim sure. Norton, Jim. can you – this is Michael. He wrote the article in Rolling Stone magazine about the stand-up comedy, Trump's effect on stand-up comedy. Did you oh, see I, it? I didn't read it. My story for Rolling Stone is just about how, uh, in general, kind of comedians and clubs sort of feel like in this sort of age of Trump, especially since he's gotten elected, there's kind of an, 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 a, a tenseness within the crowd, uh, more heckling in general from Trump supporters and just kind of – uh, just this general sense of discomfort when politics is brought up and Trump is brought up that, you know, really kind of creates a tension within the crowd. Uh, he's, I've noticed he's very polarizing, but yeah. I, I noticed that if you say you like Trump, you, people go like, oh, like you get a reaction from that too. Mm -hmm. So I think either side you take, uh, whatever there's more of in the crowd are going to give you a shit about it. I, I haven't noticed it more from his uh, like, if I say, like, yeah, I don't dislike Donald Trump, I don't get big cheers from people. They usually get, like, oh. And if I say something shitty about him, right. then people kind of groan. I think it's across the board. People well, this is, this is what we're discussing here today. Do you notice a change now, or, have, or is this the way comedy's always been? Yeah, com people are always, I think this is the most polarizing. I don't notice any big change. Right. Like, no, I, I don't think there's a giant change. Do you think change. it's always but, been that the yeah, case with political, polar you know, with yeah. political But when issues. you said this is the yeah. most polarizing, I think that kind of supports one thing that I just said about that. That just kind of extra added oomph, this this underlying tone, I think to to you know Trump backers or or even you know and a lot of the comedians they they said the same thing that it really kind of just goes even just if you bring up politics in general there's just this like ugh like they're just tired of kind of hearing about it 
Yeah, I mean, I found Hillary yeah. backers to be very uh, yeah. unhappy, though, as, as I would be too if I lost it. I would be happy if I, you know what I mean? It's like I, I, both of them are the same to me. There's no difference. Right. Trump supporters are not these monsters heckling comedians, while Hillary supporters are being great. Uh, the whole country is filled with a bunch of self-centered babies. So whatever side you're taking, well, the other side family. gets mad. That, 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 that's the point I've been making. That if you were to come yeah. after Barack Obama six years ago, people would not like that. Yeah, if you bash Michelle Obama on stage, they'd hate you for it. I mean, they really would. And uh, if you attack Hillary and go, Trump is great. If you're somewhere, you know, maybe in Arkansas, they'd love you. But downstairs, no. Right. Half the crowd would hate your guts, or if not more. Oh, way more, yeah. What were, Thank what you, were Jim. the questions you had about? I criticized your research because, first of all, and, and listen. Well, we don't need to. The poor, the poor boy has been really. <laughs> no, please, I'm here. The poor boy was nice enough to come down He's only nice for Gnome to trash him. Let, you know, no, we don't. We don't. We, I'm, I'm you know here. what? Let me, let's let's pivot on what you just we, said. We don't ambush here. I see. No, he's uh, not ambushing. He's giving me a fair warning. I yeah. see. Te- I mean, and I, I don't have to. I see television shows all the time where journalists write opinion opinion pieces, and they're called. This on is not their- an opinion piece. What is this? This is a, a, a factual piece? It's not an opinion piece. It's a reported piece. No, it's an opinion and piece. And I, I also want to remind you that you're you free can't... to critique Noam on the quality of the hummus. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, well, nobody fun... does their job perfectly, and Noam is, is no exception. It's fascinating what you just said. Well, it's not an editorial. Well, let's hold that thought because I, well, I, I'm no, no, because I want to talk about that because that's actually okay. the most interesting thing of all, and that's actually what I didn't want to. That's yeah. where I was holding my fire. Sure, um, but I, all the time people write opinion pieces and they're called on television shows, whether it's on uh, Rachel Maddow or Hannity or whatever it is, and the host, you know, grills them on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Speaking if, of grill, Jim loved the the If I bring, I love the kebabs, dudes. If I bring a, a, a guy who wrote... All right, a, but an anus joke, you had to get in there. If, 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 if a guy... If a guy I mean, writes... I, maybe I wasn't a great, but... It's not, yeah, it's not, you've, you've stuck in jokes, too. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're getting so upset. Let him finish. If a guy writes an article that I take issue with, if I'm respectful, why can't I, why can't I confront uh, him? I, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Why am I going to call the guy in and say, well, I thought it was a great article. Let's talk about how great uh, it was. Well, I, I, agree well, with, no, I agree with every we, word. We, 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 we do that also. We do that sometimes. No, no, no. We, we've disagreed with him. I just think maybe it's maybe he's down. We don't want to kick him. So right, the re- the re- I'm not down. He's not I'm down. down at all. Uh, I'm having a great time. The reason, uh, the reason I, I criticize the research is because, A, and this is not egotistical, you didn't call me. I, I, no, I mean, I mean, that's it. like I own the 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 one of the most important. I maybe you call some other comedy club owners. I didn't see them, but it's like, I did. As a matter of fact, did they did they give you a quote? Did they? Well, you know, one thing. I actually, um, he said, Jim. Uh, J- Jim, yeah, sorry, Jim said as well. He's like, I wish you'd talk to me. You know, I only had space for fifteen hundred words. There's only so much reporting you can do. I mean, you know. No, but but what I'm saying because because yeah. you you chose, for instance, like Ida Rodriguez, and she works here, and I don't like her. But she... You don't like her. I do like her. Oh, you do like her. But, gotcha. Yeah. But she... Uh, this is not the first time I've heard her accuse an audience that didn't accept her of, uh, of being motivated by, by race. Yeah. And, uh, and so what she's saying here about yeah. supposedly what's new about Trump, she basically made this point a year ago. Before Trump wasn't wasn't even the nominee, and she's an anchor thing there. If I told you I reached out to Nick DiPaolo and he turned me down, would that would that help? No, no actually, I, that, I, I knew that. I, I knew that. Actually. Oh, you knew that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, uh, uh, so then, like James Mattern says, and I see fewer minorities in uh, the crowds. Mm-hmm. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's and to I mean, it's truly ridiculous. There is no suppression of minority 
people in our crowds. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's it's absurd. And then Helen Hong says, I don't even know her, but she says, uh, hey, guys. She's an Asian woman. Had, does, no, <laughs> hey, guys, does anyone know what to pack for an internment camp? This right. is it. And the audience responded negatively. Well, of course, they're going to respond negatively. Also, by the way, that. that was her opening joke. Yeah, I know. I know. So yeah. this is. So I'm, I'm saying I'm criticizing the research. William, obviously, I told you so the other way. And then John Laster, the last story. Yeah. Uh, John Laster has. A, you want to? Oh, is John Laster still on stage? Steve, can we get John Laster? Hey, John. Oh, you, know, this is, you know who this is? <laughs> What's How up, brother? Okay. Uh, who who has to leave? Oh, to no, but Chris will move over. I'm good. John, can you tell the story uh, firsthand? What happened to you in the Rolling Stone piece? Or oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell tell it real fast. Yeah, give us the uh, the cliff note version. Tell, yes. Is it better, better than characterizing it or even using the characterization in the story. Let's hear it directly from you. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You know what? I was, I got off stage. My buddy was, um, where was, was this? hosting. We were at Gotham. I tried to leave that out, but it's That's all okay. gravy. That's okay. And uh, so it was after the show. You were Gotham? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and um, no, this guy. So this guy walks up. It's after the show. Probably ten minutes after the show. And, and we're just talking. We knew something was funny because immediately after the show, he said, oh, my God, man, you were hysterical. And you were black. Right. So, you know, we kind of gave him the, uh -huh, look, me, Vitor, uh, Norman was down there. And, uh, and then, you know, we kind of break off and start talking. And, he's, and he literally says, he says, yeah, man, you know, Trump is president now. You know, I think that we all need to start reevaluating, you know, what's politically correct. He said, you know, I don't know if it's a bad idea, you know, if, if I'm not able to call you nigger now. And he just said that, and I just blacked out. And I was just about to hit him by the grace of God. And, and Harris was standing there. I put her name in the story, too. And, and almost bumped into her. But I, So that kind of made me come to, like, God, I can't hit this guy. Um, but I was so annoyed. And I to actually told Vitor, and Vitor was disgusted. And then I just made my way out of there because I could still feel the boil. You know what I mean? Now, do you, was he fucking with you or was he being overly familiar? Was, I think he was being overly familiar but I also think that he I think that he really meant like hey let's talk about this you know like he'd been yearning to do it like hey like maybe we should rethink any, this conversation. Any white guy who thinks that he can look at a stranger and say nigger no, no. is out of his fucking uh, mind. Of course. So I no, want to no. just yeah. um, I don't know if I want to applaud him but at least I want to make mention that Jim said the n-word in full. Who, me? Yes, and that's uh, I always say, certainly I always... something that is not often done nowadays. Normally we say the N-word. Did you say I want to applaud him? I said I don't want to applaud him. I said I maybe applaud him. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to mention... Let me In the course of an intelligent discussion about the appropriateness or lack of the word. Would you rather hear... John, since you're here and you brought it up, would you rather hear me when using the term say nigger or say the N-word? And he said it again, by the way. Say the N-word. And the reason I say that is just like with the guy in the basement. Like, it wasn't a conscious thought. Like, I had already measured him to break his jaw, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not, I, I know it's a laughing matter to you, but to me it's not, because that meant I got to spend, sure, sure. spend Thanksgiving in jail. Yeah, yeah. So when I hear it come Again. out of white people's <laughs> mouths, it, there's a visceral reaction that you don't know, okay. and you might that's, not know it's coming. That's why I asked you so, the question. Right. So if your glasses end up over there, you're like, hey, what the fuck just happened? I don't know either. Right. You know what I mean? I just right. think it's inappropriate at all times. Can I retweet the N-word? Oh come on, guys! This is not uh, anyway. we're, we're, making, we're making light of the, 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 yeah, the serious the, the, yeah. situation. So, so, so what I'm, I'm making light me known with, with all the the anus jokes. And I'm the, told one anus. How how can how can I have? <laughs> and whatever. Um, 
In reference to that, though, to answer your question, I've always thought that my problem with it is there's always been intrapersonal communication amongst groups. You know what I mean? Like, take, for example, my coach could call me an asshole or throw a basketball at my face. But that's within the confines of the team. I feel like with, with the N-word, it's the same thing. Or with women. Or with yeah. gay guys that well, grab they, women's tits. Yeah, that's what I you know what I mean? There's always been communication in groups that exists within groups that we don't cross those lines. That are, John, they are allowed on, to get on, away with it. Hold yes. on, hold on, hold on, everybody. Yeah. This one I, have, I have seen many times, uh, to my you know, uh, extremely uncomfortableness, white guys being overly familiar with black guys, trying to, and especially when they've been drinking, and and use the N word or may, or even if they don't use the N word, just make an inappropriate joke about being black that you just want to smack him. Right. I've seen that many, many times. I saw, I saw it when I was in Russia last week. Someone, I, someone, we all made a joke. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck is the matter with you? And he offended everybody. Right. Question, but but usually. When I see it, they're, they're really, it's because they want, they want to be close to you. They want, they want to, to bond. They want to bond with you, as opposed to what he was describing in his article, like these, these nasty Trump voters who want to fuck with you. And that's why I thought his story, and that's why it's good to hear from the horse's mouth, was not actually uh, evidence of what you were describing. But I think, I think it points to a comfort level. It points to a comfort level that the guy had. That but I've seen these things before, is what I'm that, saying. I've seen these things before. Okay, well, but I think that because Trump made it in, in that situation, yeah. I mean, John, you were there, so tell me if I'm wrong. But I think in that situation, because Trump was in, that, that man was, I think because Trump got in, that man was measuring a new sort of comfort level. He was, he was taking advantage of a new comfort level. He, John says he would have never said he that. If, he would have never said if, that if, if Hillary, Hillary had won. Yeah. He was he was trying to see if he could if he could stretch his boundaries a little bit. Was you think you took him for a Trump voter? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I think we've discussed this that you know there's no doubt that certain people feel emboldened. By Thank Trump. you, John. And and yeah. no one and I've had the argument before. Just how how common is that phenomenon? But no doubt certain people have been emboldened by Trump. Whether or not that means there's a fundamental difference in comedy club atmospheres. Is a set is a separate question. I don't think people have been bolded by Trump. Maybe this particular guy was, but I don't see. I mean, to 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 for me to believe that it's a trend in comedy. As I said, doing thousands well, of people. Well, it's I'm talking once like doing thousands of people a week. If I have not seen it, if no one has commented, I'm at the comedian table every night. Not one night has any comedian commented. Hey, do you see what's going? Like not once. It, so, like, and I'm supposed to say, well, no, but it, it's it's just it's true. It's very true. It's just happening everywhere, except in the most important comedy club and the busiest comedy club, where all the best comedians, where the funny comedians are. It's happening to the comedians who never really were going over so well to begin with, who were telling jokes which are really kind of harsh. And you know, and, and then, and that's why I, and I'll, I'll let you get back to your point, but that's why when you say it's a, it's a reporting piece as opposed to an editorial piece, I say, no, it seems like an editorial piece to me in the no. sense that you, you had a point you wanted to make and then you chose evidence of it, whereas a reporting piece would have somebody on the other side. In New York Times, he'd say, so -and -so, blah, 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 blah. however, the owner of the comedy cellar disagrees. That's a reporting piece tries to present people on both sides of an issue. An editorial piece leads you down the garden path, so you agree by the end with the point of view of the author. And okay. that's what your piece did. It's Here, an editorial. Here's my retort. If, Even if you use a if device. I, if I'd written to all the comedians that I'd reached out to and none of them said that, that this was a, an issue, the story wouldn't exist. 
So that's why I say that this is a reported piece. I reached out to you know a certain number of people within a certain amount of time and wrote a certain amount of words that I was allotted, you know, to make this point. That's all. So I'm, yeah, I'm just you're, reporting. You're I'm reporting. Ultra left wing comedians. But I'm reporting. How do you know? And like I, and like I said, Ted Alexander. And like I said, Ida I reached Rodriguez. out. I know them. And like I said, I reached out to Nick DiPaolo, and he turned me down. Right. More that, than, on, and twice but I, the fact, I reached out. Okay, to but this, him. So, but, but the well, fact that the fact that he turned you down. Yeah. Does not is not evidence that your opinion is correct in this. It just means you didn't get any data from him. I mean, I but have eight comedians all telling me that they're experiencing the no, same phenomenon. No, you don't, because William, we've gone through this. William Stevenson, many of them are saying the opposite. William is saying that people are afraid to say that they support Trump. William, William wasn't describing Trump supporters being adamant. Ted Alexander he, was saying, Ted, Ted Alexander didn't even tell any story of anything that happened. Helen Hong you, you starts with this, this, hey guys, we're in internment camp, and she says, I know I shouldn't have done that, I spent right. the rest of my day, because, because of course it's... it's, it's, it's well, I, I wanted, with that, I wanted to make the point, the same thing with the Ted Alexandro quote, I wanted to make the point that there's, that comedians, who I respect so much and admire so much, yeah. there's a craft to the art, and that these folks, that when they're going up uh, and doing their thing, there's so much thought that goes into it. And, you know, look, they're human, then they, you know, quote, unquote, make mistakes as well. You know, and, and Helen Hong, you know, kind of said, like, ah, that, you know, that was sort of my fault. But at the same time, uh, you know, to have that, again, to use a word that I used before, you know, that venom kind of come out, I think, you know, in her mind, she thought that that was, that was something new. That was something different for Oz as well out, out in oh, Los Angeles. Let, let, let me put it in a yeah. gentler way. I think that you missed the forest for the trees. I think you were misled by some some people who uh, uh, okay, you've, you've, were, you've were, were rationalizing that. certain events. However, I can tell you with, with great authority, as, yeah. as I just said, that being here, which is kind of the epicenter, I have not heard one person mention what it is that you're talking about and I as a matter of fact I remember when John when the story this is not the first time I heard the John last year so he I was there when he told the story a couple weeks ago yeah but when he told it to me a couple weeks ago he didn't associate it with the election of Donald Trump I'm not even sure it was well before no, after I think the, election. the guy said you know because Trump is in we have so to I rethink things yeah, but, so but, I mean but but that's, I'm just saying he uh, he did but he didn't I don't know. It, it wasn't presented to me that way when it. When well, it, you know, it, it, I, look, way. there's only so many people. You know, you only have so much time to do a story. You only there's only so many people you can talk to, and I wanted to focus on the experience. You know, asking about you know why didn't interview a club owner. I wanted to ask the experience of the people that are in the clubs on stage that are feet from you know the yeah. people in the crowd as opposed to. Hey, Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer are experiencing this, and they're in big theaters. Yeah, but they were with going after the audience. The audience wasn't going after them. They were going after the audience. Right. Which is not what you're. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then with Laster, did you? Well, that's did, one of the points did, I tried to make. Did you ask Laster if the guy was was trying to be friendly with him, or if the guy was fucking with him? Because if the guy's trying to be friendly with him, it's not an evidence of the audience members fucking with the comedians. You know? I reported what John Laster well, told me. Uh, all right. And tank, tank, that's tank, what he told me. So. Jim is raising Dan, his Dan, hand. Dan, so. then Jim. <laughs> Dan, uh, and then Jim. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, even if we assume that the John Laster incident was motivated by uh, hatred or motivated by racism that was uh, enabled by Trump, yeah. it, it, it's still one incident, and I, I'm not seeing any, I have not experienced any any real fundamental difference in the audience in, in what have goes on. Have you heard on. a buzz about it from other comedians? No. No. haven't. Uh, okay, James? Jim. Well, I experienced the same thing during Sarah Palin. Whenever I would make jokes about her, somebody would yell at me. 
Um, and what I've been trying to do, because you'll, that's you, when your venom comes out. No, it's not. Alien, no, Bush, no, 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 Trump, no, 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 Jim. No, no, be honest no, now. No, no, no. Listen. These to me. are the people you hate. Listen. It to comes me. through. Listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me. No, no. I'm. You not, are I'm jumping not. all over me like you are the most thin skin. You have to calm the fuck down. <laughs> Just let me get my goddamn story out. Okay. Okay. No, it's it, you don't know what the jokes were. It was just it was it was a mistake on my part when I said that at a Palin rally where they, they wear T-shirts that say "I'm with stupid" pointed at themselves. Now that was a mistake. You are correct about that. However, what I've been trying to do, and this is based on another conversation that you and I had, and I've been trying to do it since the election, yeah. because when I work on a ship or in Vegas. I would say a good third to half of my audience, I can assume, voted for Trump. Okay, yes. I want those people. To, now, you will. This may surprise you, my dear, but I want those people <laughs> to think I'm funny too. I love that. I want those. They buy my CDs and they buy my books just like everybody else. And so, what's been interesting is is that I have been writing jokes about the whole Trump phenomenon and the whole uh, atmosphere in the country. That has a point of view, and it's obvious that I do not approve of Trump, but still is a good enough joke that they will laugh. That's the right. challenge. And that has been a really interesting challenge. Yeah, yeah, I, that, that, that's, that's right. I feel, like, here's and, one. And I, wait, wait, I let you go for a long time, and I'm going to psychoanalyze you. I'm t- I'm gonna, I bet you, you do want 100% of the people audience to love you. I want them all to laugh at and, me. And, and to, to, buy, and to, to laugh at you and, yeah. uh, and want to see you again. Yeah. And you also have this burning... Uh, 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 resentment towards uh, Donald Trump. There's that's and, very true. And you want to let that out. Yes. And but and, in a and, way that is a good joke. Right. Right. And when, if and when it's not well, a good hold joke. Hold on, I, I get it. And when it gets the better of you, sometimes and it comes out a little harsher than you would like it to. Like I'm with stupid. I bet when you go home, you say fuck. I shouldn't have done that. That's I got, I got it. Got, got it under control. You are correct. I know these colleagues, musicians go through this. Yeah, sure. You know they, they want to do it on their own terms, but then and so we all we and we all fail. And and the challenge of great art is to do it on your own terms while still winning over the audience. Right. And the challenge exactly. of a club owner is to make sure that the audience is won over because I, I I'm in business to please the audience. Like I yeah. just I like for example what I'll do as a writer is I will start from the point of view of what I want to say yeah. and then write like I wanted to make a joke about all the bigots in America. Yeah. And I and there's no art to saying boy this country's full of bigots. There's no art to that. Yeah. And what I say now is cuz the audience loves it whenever you praise the troops or whenever you praise America. You know what I mean? They just love it. It's hacky but they love it. So I say and this gets a big laugh, and I say, there's a lot of wonderful people in this country, aren't there? They're just wonderful people. And they all, yeah, yeah, and they applaud. And then I say, there's also a ton of racist, rednecks, religious fanatics, reactionaries, gun nuts, conspiracy theories, and drooling mongoloids, and that's just my family. <laughs> and so it that, g- ah, so it, that works. Yes, it works totally. Yeah. But it still gets the point out. Right. You see what I mean? Yes, yes. I just, and I, then, like I did two days after the election, <laughs> I, said, I said, like so many of you, for the last two days, I have been physically ill i i threw up i cried i kept i can't stop shaking and then i found out i'm pregnant yeah and so it got a big it, 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 it got a but big obviously big. i don't need to tell you what you do there because well, when you're saying mongol people are uh, and they say oh, that's just my family they're ah oh, that's funny exactly okay. see yeah yeah that's what you, you know, gotta I, do i yeah. think that you know some of what jim's saying is it, it again points to a point that i tried to make in the in the piece was that you know th- there's thought behind these these jokes you know these aren't things like with the internment camp joke from Helen Hong you know where where she even kind of admits you know she just sort of threw it out and John Laster in the piece you know I I, I quoted him he said hey you know I'm not even doing political humor right now because you know I really need to like you know think on it and 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 wrap my head around really how I feel 
and then you know hit people it, with it. it. So 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 my point is, I think also too, you know, I wrote this piece, uh, you know, just within the month after uh, you know Trump was elected. So you know, you're really getting the the fiery you know barbs coming out of people. You know, maybe in two, three, four months, you know, things are going to be different where there's more thought put into the jokes like the one you made about, you know, sort of about the country, but also about your family. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you know, more people, even if they are Trump supporters and they're hearing, quote unquote, anti-Trump jokes, you know, maybe they'll still feel comfortable in the club because these comedians have kind of maybe gotten over their anger and now they're being more tactful well, in during their the jokes, whole you know, during the whole election so this also is within again, it's the also, first month it's, that's it's also that's good if you go on. after the, your own side like uh, during the whole election i did a series of what i call friars roast jokes about every candidate so bernie sanders is such an old jew his campaign headquarters was in a pyramid you didn't say jew did you yes i did oh, okay. I, I said oh, it's old jew <laughs> yes and then well. i said i then i said hillary clinton is like herpes we can't get rid of her you know, Hillary Clinton's like the last girl at the bar. You're not really attracted to her, but you're really horny, so you take her home and fuck her anyway. And Ted Cruz hates gay people so much his church doesn't even have an organist. Shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So those all worked. And then, then when I get to Trump, I say, I look at Donald Trump and I think, I owe Sarah Palin an apology. And that gets a <laughs> huge laugh. Huge laugh. And That's I funny. Do, and I, thank you. And I do that. But, you know, and I, but I, it's, I, I think a lot of the time, if, if the audience doesn't know, I mean, like when I talk about being a gay married person, they're pretty much going to have an idea of where I come from. But if the audience really doesn't know who I voted for, I've done a really good job, I think. Yes, I agree. I, think. Well, I, mean, I don't know. And if this, is where, this is why I wanted to come on, because I don't think you realize that about me. I do well, realize. I, I think I even said we, we, when I was in Russia, Jim and I had a heated uh, uh, Facebook message. That's because I had to delete you because it was so hostile. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't hostile. It was totally fucking hostile. It was. No, I, I just. <laughs> I, I, I just. I just disagreed with you. I, listen, some people like Jim think they can put stuff out on Facebook and like. That if you're not part of the the choir that he's preaching to, you're supposed to just stay quiet. No, no, but, but, I, it's you. You're but, the only one I delete because you're I'm so hostile. Only, I'm the only friend you have who doesn't think exactly the same way as you. Oh, that is absolutely. H how many right-wing conservative friends do you have? List them. Are you a right-wing conservative? Nick DiPaolo, uh, Are you a right-wing conservative? Uh, well, Nick DiPaolo on, on, on is no, social issues. <laughs> Nick DiPaolo is no is not a friend. I think it might be instructive, uh, Michael, if you have any future articles about comedy that you're thinking about. Maybe you run them by Noam at this time. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, please let's exchange at our information. At the end of the day, I no, upset. Upset. I, he wasn't quoted. I hope we didn't. Do you upset have you? any uh, no, not at all. Uh, okay. comedy articles that you're working on, or that other ideas that you're <laughs> thinking about doing? Is yes. This, this is sort of your beat. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, but but I I. Love comedy, and I do have one or two other ideas. Well, we I'm, certainly appreciate your support. Yeah. I once again would caution you to run it by Noam first. <laughs> sure. You don't have to run uh, anything by me. Uh, well, but uh, Noam does is is very logical, hyper logical, infuriatingly so at times. Uh, he does run the <laughs> the uh, most important comedy club in New York, and some might say the I world. I also could have gotten DePaulo to, to give you a, a and quote he could be a very valuable resource. And had you come to him with this article. Uh, prior to writing it, obviously you'd have gotten well, qu uh, quite a, a, an interesting uh, a point of view, sure. and you might have gotten some other points of view as well. So. Like I said, I just, I just, I think I did reach out to a couple other club owners, not, you know, the vaunted, you know, owner well, of but you, but uh, you comedy cellar. Well, you know, I, I don't say that because that's not the way I meant it. Yeah, I just, I just, no, you, but, don't, but you don't know how. The reality much. is, the comedy cellar is very important. No, club. I, no yeah. I, you're not going to get yeah. any disagreement. It's a fabulous there, club. It's the best it's club. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's the best club. It's only the best people perform here. It's only the best. The people. But the my best point, people. My <laughs> point is, is worth repeating is that I just felt that I wanted to focus on the experience of club comics 
uh, which to me I think is very different from an Amy Schumer, from a Louis C.K., from a Jim Gaffigan. I, that I agree with. Yeah. And it, so the that was, is, those, that, the Amy know. Schumers and the Louis C.K.s, as, as their audience comes to see them and, and kind of does want to have their opinions. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're, especially Louis, he's straddling philosopher and comedian now. So people, Greg has one thing to say. I think, I think so also uh, certain comedians don't really do political stuff. And then when they do do it, um, the audience might get a little bit uh, set back, you know, a little bit set yeah. back by it because, yeah. like, you know, just do, do your act. Don't we don't want to hear your opinions, kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, you know, if if it was a like Amy's not a political comedian. I mean, neither's Louis. Louis talks about himself. He doesn't really talk about politics. So it's um so when they start to talk about Trump, they're kind of leaving their set to kind of give their opinion. So it, it, you know, you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Although yeah. Louis wrote that really nice piece about Trump. Which I thought was very well written and did not offend a lot of people. But anyway, I he, mean, wrote a, he wrote a nice piece about. No. I, mean, I mean, nicely written piece nicely about. Written. Oh, thank God! Yeah, Anti-Trump. Yeah, yeah. 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 called him Hitler. Uh, yes, yeah, the, yeah, one the, one, the one where he called him Hitler. Oh, that, that was a nice piece. We didn't we, call him Hitler. He, he did use the H word. We though. can all rest easy that Gilbert Godfrey won't be uh, addressing uh, this issue. Uh, in any, in any. Uh, How would he sound if he did? Well, I, sh I, I should have, I should have come up with something before the show. I just, that idea just came to me. But he would say, "Yes, yes, Donald Trump, yes, Donald Trump is go is going to get rid of the the spicks and." Jewish grandfather on the edge there. I, I, I think we're finished. And uh, we'll. Have no more hey, problems. Hey, Noam, where can your comedians be followed? Anyway, where can, um, yes, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. At, well, I am at Comic Jim David on Twitter. Follow me or harass me. Send me death threats like uh, I've gotten in the past. I don't give my Twitter because there's no point to it. Nobody's following me. and <laughs> It's just, uh, you know. At Dan Natterman. It, it happens to be at Dan Natterman. I, I, would, I do want to say, in, in, instead of a plug, I would like to take this time to say that this... Is what I'm talking about with the Comedy Cellar Radio Show. This was this, a good show. This was this is what I'm talking about. This is inside shit. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Uh, really getting into the nitty gritty of what, what goes on here at the Comedy Cellar, and there's always something interesting going on. I here did at the fail Comedy though. Cellar. Jim, so? I didn't get Jim David to walk off the show as he threatened to, but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Well, you're it, a pussy. It, it was a. Uh, <laughs> Go it ahead, was Chris. not a legitimate threat. Kristen. At I still have my maiden, though. I'm at at Kristen, Kristen Montella. Montella. Yeah. Montella. I think Twitter's really out. It's all Instagram now. Yeah, I think And it's they... all young girls in bikinis on Instagram. And I know that Montella doesn't do that. No. Do you want to give your Instagram? <laughs> I don't have Instagram. I can't stand to see my face on camera. I hate it. The first time I saw myself on television, I thought, people may be eating. Snapchat. <laughs> I would also like to ask Jim if, given Snapchat. what John Lasher said, if you've reevaluated your decision to use the entire N word rather than just saying the N word. Oh yeah, I guess so. No, no. he didn't do anything wrong. No, he, I had well, a, I had a great I had anything, a great joke. I whether he a, did anything wrong is not the point. The point I, is John Lasseter had a visceral negative reaction yeah. to Jim using that word. Well, but you know what? I had a great joke where I Maybe. used the N word, and and the like Marina Franklin loved it, and all the black people in the audience they got it, and but the white people got so mad I had to cut the joke. That's that's often the case, actually. That yeah. uh, the, the the one removed, or even or, 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 because they don't. They don't have the confidence in themselves to allow it. Yeah. So they they uh, they they have in general principle they they just shut it down. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone who you know like you can whatever. It, it's very very tricky. Um, most comedians certainly on stage won't use it. I might use it off stage in a certain context. Um, I think that certainly I'm, not certainly not when uh, on the radio show. Ironically, and Steve Stephen knows this, and and I'm doing a podcast with the Hot Tem. 
the I spoke to maybe 10, 15 Muslim people about Trump. To a man, they were much more nuanced in their reaction to Trump's comments about Islam than the average, like, white guy living mm. in his parents' basement who just, you know, just says Trump's a racist, whatever it is. Most of the Arabs I talked to are like, well, you know, there is a problem. You know, we have it in our country, too. And, you know, like, like it, it, it's but because they have the confidence to be able to say that because they're Muslim, right. so no one can accuse them of anything. Right, right. They can take a breath and say, well, there is actually a problem. Go ahead. I what would did, say using the N-word on stage, the actual N-word on stage, for a white comic to do so... Uh, is a bad idea. No, I don't think you should use it on stage. But you can, I think you can quote somebody directly. Um, you want to say last things? Yeah, you well, your, just your... you mentioned that you, you know, you, you've spoken to like, you know, folks from the Muslim community, and and their their response to Trump has been very measured. What did you think of Faraz's uh, quotes from the from the Rolling Stone piece? What was his quote? I don't remember. Uh, well, he just kind of said that. I mean, I remember the last one. He said uh, he, you know, could just kind of sit there and say Trump's going to ruin comedy or. We're going to take this opportunity to wake people up. And he said, too, that uh, there was a, a Trump supporter that had yelled out at him um, uh, that, uh, what was it, that uh, immigration was was outside waiting for him. Homeland Security. Homeland oh, Security, yeah. yeah, yeah right, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Homeland Security was waiting for him. Thank I you. mean, how many times in our, how many people made the hack joke about the the, Mex the Homeland Security is here to deport the Mexicans in the kitchen? I mean, we heard this joke for, for 20 years. It's nothing right. new. Um I, I I don't know. I, I like I said. I I and I, and I don't want to be disrespect any more disrespectful than Dan already thinks I have been to you in your article. No, I, I, not I, I, disrespectful. I just I know. Not disrespectful. Just, but the poor I just think guy the whole, came the whole thing is a red herring. The poor guy. He comes in here. He probably <laughs> thought. No. If I had to guess, he thought, "Oh, they loved that article, boy," and he's all excited. They called me in, and it's going to be nothing but praise. And you know, they should have known better than that. And it didn't quite turn out that way. Well, so, Jim, Jim, so, no, no, so. Jim, Jim strongly agree with your article, and that's why I'm just one opinion. Opinions are like, uh, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, they certainly why are. You why do you always look at me? You... Because Dan's been criticizing me for using making the anus jokes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, we, ha so we have to I end. Just, I... Mike, thank you very much for oh, coming. Thank you. And, no, this and was great. Facing the music, Dan Natterman. You, oh, you have a Twitter or whatever it is. Yeah, it's uh, Michael R. Stahl. S T A H L is my last name. Good night, everybody. Good thank night. you.